Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. We're talking about a topic today which is a little bit sad and maybe, you know, it's a little bit bittersweet. It's loneliness. And Jane, it's actually a topic which you're quite passionate about, and I want you to explain why this is a really big one for you. I think because I work so much with single people, you know, um, those that don't know, I'm a matchmaker, I run a singles company that provides beautiful events and opportunities for people. And I find that when people come to me, the number one reason, regardless of whether they want social opportunity or they want to meet new people or they want to have something to look forward to going out to or they want to fall in love or they want to date or they want to make new friends. It doesn't matter what they're wanting to achieve from it. The number one reason they come to me is from lack of opportunity, that society just doesn't cater. Unless you're in your, your teens and 20s, we don't cater socially for single people at all, which is why I love my business. I think it's beautiful. And if you're in Adelaide, it's social aid. Um, the other thing that I see a lot of is people sharing with me that they're lonely and that goes pretty much hand in hand with them feeling ashamed. Interesting. And I find that really sad because they're ashamed of their loneliness. Yes. They see it as a negative thing. They see it that they have failed in some way, that there's something wrong with them, a weakness. Uh, I think a big part of it is that they feel that they, there's something, something wrong with them that they are lonely because they shouldn't be lonely. So let's really understand what we mean by loneliness. Is it like depression, but it's different? Like the way you're describing it is what every day someone feels lonely or just once a week they feel lonely or at nights they feel lonely or most people will say it's an everyday thing. Okay. But it's not all day. So I'm fine when I'm at work. I'm surrounded. I'm stimulated. Things are happening. I go home and I have a great sense of loneliness. Okay. So it is a mindset. It is an emotion. It can be, it's quite a complex topic. So I'm going to do a lot of sweeping generalizations. And the generalizations that I see with single people is that it can be fear driven of the social mirror. So, because to to combat loneliness is simply to try something new. That's all you have to do. Really? All you have to do is try something new and it will connect. It will connect you with something that does combat loneliness. So it, it can even be in isolation. It's almost like a sense of loneliness with the self. Right, and this gets to the core. Yeah. So what's missing that somebody feels alone when they're with themselves? Yes. What is it? I think it's self-approval, self-love. Back to that episode. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Well, we always come back to that. But that's the deep, deep level. But then we can look at it on a more surface level and go, okay, so if you're feeling lonely, and this is really what I want this podcast to be about, is that if you're feeling lonely, how can we give you some quick tips and tools to implement immediately to get some results so that you're not feeling as lonely? Now, these simple tips are not going to solve the whole problem of never feeling lonely because that is about self-love. Like mm-hmm. until you can sit in your own company and just go, I love me and I love my company and I'm completely happy as I am, um, then you are going to always have moments of loneliness in your life. But what we want to help people is those that are that are socially lonely, that are socially isolated. 
So literally, they don't have many friends. Then That's maybe right. ostracized from their family or yes. out of touch, live in another country, or all those sorts of things. That's right. Can factors can play in? Yeah. Um, maybe they're not accepted in the workplace. They eat lunch alone. Yes, that all of that. That dramatic. Absolutely. Or maybe what about the phenomenon, Jane, where people can be in a crowded room and or be in a relationship and be lonely? Absolutely. There's sometimes I've actually often heard celebrities say that they're surrounded by thousands of people and yet they've never felt so lonely. So lonely. Yeah. 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 And and so let's explain so people can understand what is that? What's going on there? Okay. If you've got people in that moment. The people that are connecting with you are connecting with you in an, to an illusion. They're connecting to a primary operating personality that is not who you actually are on a soul level. Mm. And so the loneliness is from a disconnect is what's going on. Yes, yes. And so this can apply to the, the average Joe as well, who's, who's also going out, maybe trying to make an effort, going to a pub or going to a party and trying to get a bit more social, joining some groups and things, but still feeling like that weird feeling in the in the room where you're just like no one's looking at me or I'm sort of in the corner or I don't know who to talk to and this is really uncomfortable. It's because what we're saying at a deeper level, you're not quite comfortable or not quite embracing of your true, sparkling, beautiful, dynamic self, not quite happy to accept or go there. Always self-fear. Fears. Always, always. And so then we've got the protective, you know, this is where the ego will come in to protect you. And it will say, but it's not your fault. Everybody else here is X, Y, Z. So, you know, Mm. why would you want to have a good time here? Why would you want to be talking with those people? Of course, they're not going to talk to you because they're that. Mm. So... It is about having a good look at yourself. So we can think of a thousand excuses, justifications, reasons why it's not my fault because I moved away from home. It's not my fault because they don't talk to me because they're bitchy. It's not my fault because I've always been different. It's just my my cross to bear. That's right. So that's the victim story. The real story could be more like I don't feel worthy. I don't feel confident. I don't feel that these people would like me. So that's where, again, it comes back to self-love. It comes back to all of the tools and tips we've given on all our podcasts of, you know, the affirmation, stop the negative chatter, um, convince yourself, gather evidence that you are worthy so that you can be bolder socially to step forward. But then there are a lot of people that that really, they're just genuinely lonely because they've got lack, lack of opportunity. And that's a, a vast number of single people mm. in society. And, in fact, it's not just single people. It, as you said, people in relationships one of the services that I actually want to introduce in 2013 is a social club for people that are in relationships because we don't, you know, you find that people, you'll be meeting new people through your work if you're lucky, but a lot of people are self-employed or a lot of people are are working in isolation or they're yeah. working from home or they don't meet new people in, in whatever it is they're doing in their work. And then people will meet new people for a certain period of time through their children for their children's schools, their children's sports, but then that stops as the children grow older and become independent. So you actually lack the opportunities to be able to meet new people. And because we are constantly evolving and growing and changing as a person, we want we have to meet new people because, you know, that what's that lovely saying? People are here for a, a, a reason, a season, or a lifetime. And most people are in our lives for a reason or a season. Right. So we need to constantly be engaging and meeting new people for new stimulation, new growth, new beautiful social mirrors to be held up to who we are as we've evolved and changed. So I do want to do a new service for people that are in relationships and not just restricted to the Mm. whole single, you know, want to meet someone for friendship, want to meet someone to date, fall in love with all of that. Now, you just mentioned social mirrors, and this is really cool because, you know, we know that our relationships mirror us. They mirror back to us everything that's going on with our own stuff, our own issues. And in a larger context, groups 
roomfuls, um, friendships, social circles mirror back what, Jane? They mirror back everything that you're feeling about yourself. So Families too. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody. It's everywhere. It's whoever you are socially engaging with. Yeah. Or engaging with, mm. when I say socially, I mean your colleagues. Every, absolutely. The environments that you find yourself in are a reflection of where you're at so you can learn. Absolutely. So if you walk into a room and you think, oh, all these people are so boring and, and uninteresting, guess what? Let's have a look at how boring and uninteresting you are. If we walk into the room and we see that everybody is um, dazzling and full of life and fun and engaging and, and interesting, guess what you are? So whatever it is you see in another. That's pretty confronting, you know. There's know. people who aren't going to want to be listening to this. I know. I know. I know. I get it. It's a big one. It is a big one. Because we're not used to thinking that it's almost like people also will have the thought, well, who am I to think that I'm so powerful anyway? Like I, who am I to think that I have that much power in the universe that the whole world just arranges itself around me? Law of vibration. Law of vibration Don't does. Don't that episode. Yeah, that, that sorts that out for you. Absolutely. Um, yeah, look, it, there it. There are much deeper concepts that go hand in hand with that statement. So it's hard to make that kind of general sweeping statement and say it does apply to everything. It applies to most things. When socially you are feeling lonely and you decide to, you really decide you want to shift this loneliness and you want to do that by connecting with others, you make a commitment to see in another something that you wish to connect with. So that is the moment that you're actually going to enjoy good social success because you're not going to go in with the negative and judge on the negative that, oh, this is a room full of boring people. You're actually going to go in there with what can I find with these people that I've got in common so I can connect with them. Right. So I always say that when people are going to my dinners or events that their mantra should be, I am looking forward to connecting with interesting people and having fun. Now, the three key words there is first connecting. Now, connecting is a two-way street. That is the mirror effect. This is where you know that somebody else has seen you, heard you, felt you, and responded in kind. You too have seen them, heard them, felt them, and responded in kind. That is connection. Yeah. It makes you feel good about you. Even if you never want to connect with that person again, it doesn't matter. In that moment, you connected. Loneliness gone. Right. Now, the second thing is interesting. Interesting expands us. It energetically expands who we are and makes us a bigger person. You've met somebody who's been to a country that you've never been to. You've met somebody who's got a career that you've never heard of or never known anybody to do something like that. You've met somebody who has got the most fascinating, interesting hobby. Interesting. It expands you. Mm. And the last thing is fun. Now, fun is the incentive to continue to do what you're doing. So if you're having fun, there's the incentive to keep doing it because you want more fun. So if you are now connecting with interesting people and having fun, you've now got the motivation, the evidence, and the ability to continue to do more of that. Wow. What's happened? Loneliness is gone. That simple, hey, Jane? It's that simple. It's that end of the show, Jane. Okay, <laughs> see you later. Hope you have a good week. <laughs> no. So what's important here is to start with baby steps, okay, because you can't go, oh, yeah, I get this and get all excited and go, right, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to go to, I'm going to save up all my money, I'm going to spend a fortune on going to this gorgeous black tie charity ball because I'm going to meet all these interesting and, and dazzling people and I'm going to connect with them and I'm going to have so much fun. 
that you're actually not really believing that you can pull that off. Well, this stuff takes a while. I mean, you know, it does. Seriously, as we know with refiring your neural pathways and, like, as Jane was says, gathering evidence and really going out there and practicing, it's going to take quite a few goes, and it might be over months and a couple of years. Of, well, I think don't put a time frame on it. Yeah, if you've had a lifetime of feeling lonely, it ain't going to get sorted out by Tuesday either. No, like, you that's know. right. That's so right. You, you, and you do need to be very gentle with yourself as you begin creeping back out of your shell a little bit and going out into the the world might feel a bit harsh and scary for some of you who are HSPs. There's another episode, the highly sensitive people out there who, who actually find it easier to be a hermit than to go out and face the world. That world's too hard. Who wants to be out in the world? It hurts. That's why you've got to take baby steps. And I don't care whether this is somebody that's highly socially incredibly competent or where, because if you're going to do this, you are looking for the social mirror. What is being held up to me? Am I being accepted? Am I connected? Do I fit in with these people? I want to fit in with these people. What if I don't? I don't want these people, but they actually seem to feel like I should be fitting in. Mm. You know, there's a lot going on here and there's a lot of self-reflection. Um, and it, it, it is one of those things of where do I fit in in this society? Now, it's a bit of a pathetic thing, but it exists. You know, if I could wave a wand, that's the one thing I'd get rid of. However, I can't because that's where we get our social lessons. Fascinating. So it's there, so we've got to learn to play the game. Yeah. Now, I always say that love's not a game, but dating sure as hell is, and so is socialising. So you've got to learn the rules of the game and play it well. Mm. So the way to do that is start with baby, gentle steps. Two things, you're going to be very kind on yourself, but equally you are going to be self-reflective because if you're not self-reflective and you just go out there gung-ho, you're actually not going to achieve anything different. You, you do need to be self-reflective gently and kindly so you can have a good look at yourself and be honest about how could I have handled myself better what could I have shared about myself in a different way that would have been perhaps socially better received what is it I want to know about others how can I do this in a kind gentle in a way that is authentic to me but at the same time you know you you do want to reflect on that so that you can get better at it socializing is a skill that we acquire it isn't something we're actually well, we are born with it, but we lose it very, very quickly. Yeah. And for most people, I guess, listening to this podcast, I don't know how old our listeners are, but I'm going to assume my services operates uh, for people that are 30 and beyond. So, so it's very different to people when you're in your teenage years or even your early 20s. Um, so it is about baby steps and it is about gentle reflection and then growth of improvement and trying something new each time. And let's also remember that, you know, quality versus quantity. So you might end up having a big group of 20 that you go and do everything with, but what if there's no intimate connections within that group? That's right. What if you still feel, and that goes back to the lonely in the group, you know, you may earn one friend out of this process of creeping out of your shell who's amazing and yeah. who, you know, kind of fills up your love tank, as, as we like to say, you know, in relationships. But even if it's just, just a mutual friend or a friend you go and do similar hobbies with or pastimes, if you can just have that heart connection, that genuine exchange of, of a likeness of energy, that's really what we're after here. We're after the quality of, of what you're going to go out and form with other people. Yes. In fact, I've had lots of members that have said to me, you know, they might have gone to, say, two or three dinners or a couple of events and they've made this new best friend, same gender friend, and they've just said, if nothing else happens at Social 8, that is worth my membership. Mm. I know I'm going to be friends with this person for a long time. That's really cool. And it is very cool. Yeah. So that's the other thing. So I know that a lot of people listening to this are not single. However, you may all have single friends. So maybe a bit of compassion listening to this and getting some compassion for them. But I also want to say take the whole pressure off of if I'm single and I'm going out socializing, it means I'm looking for a life partner. No, you're not. You might. You might desire that. 
hang on to that desire, but don't make it your focus. Mm. If you are connecting with interesting people and having fun, the partner will turn up. But you just take that focus off because the self-sabotaging behavior that goes on when you are driven only by finding that perfect girl or guy is so damaging that it's making your job of getting in the way. You're, you're getting in the way of the universe delivering this partner yeah. to you. So you take the pressure off. You don't even worry about making new friends. You, in fact, you don't even worry about whether you do connect or don't connect with people, but you set your intent to. Because that's going to soften your heart. That's going to leave the judgment behind. That's going to, it's almost like a, a really cool game that you play. How can I get this person to really see me? Yeah. How can I really see them? And I'm talking about you going to a cocktail party for two hours. You may only need to stand with that person for 15 minutes, five minutes. See if you can do it and then move on. You're not trapped. You're not saying, oh my gosh, I'm leading this person on. I now need to be a friend with them or they're going to want to date me or what if they're, they're serious and falling in love with me? You're not doing any of that. You're literally just stepping into a social arena and saying, I would like to participate as a social creature of this universe and see who I meet and what I experience. That is it. It is. And and I, I think we need to mention shyness too because I think shyness is very linked to loneliness. And when we're talking about going out into these social arenas, you know, it might begin for you if you're a lonely person to just, you know, when you go down to the supermarket, make that bit of extra effort speaking to the checkout chief. Yeah, practice. Or, yeah, practice. you know, just have a little chat to the old man on the bench or the person at the water cooler that you don't actually know from the other floor of the office that you normally would never speak to, the person in the staff kitchen. Just starting even just like a child in the street, just a nice hello or just, just pushing yourself to have those extra exchanges with people. Now, with the shy person, they are actually lacking in resilience. Okay, so even if they're highly sensitive, it doesn't matter. They are lacking in resilience. So what you want to do here is not put yourself, don't set yourself up to fail. So start by at the checkout, as you're waiting in line, look at the girl that's serving you or whoever's serving you, and I want you to think of something nice to say to them, a compliment that's genuine. Like, it's nice to see what a warm smile you've got, whatever, okay? Love your nail now, polish. you're going to say that. But then you're actually not going to wait for a response because it's the waiting for a response that scares shy people. Right. It's not about what they say. It's actually about the response they get. They're getting that mirror back of here I am again. This person's a bit scary or am I not being accepted or uh, am I being rejected? You know, that's, that's often their fear. So when you deliver something, you deliver it just as you're about to grab your bags and leave the checkout. So you just Get your change or get your card out of the thing, the machine, and then just say, thank you. It's lovely to have a gorgeous smile today. And then just turn and walk away. So you're practicing the art of being able to communicate one way with confidence, that you're not waiting for the reaction. Now, over time of doing this, and then as you said, the little boy, and you just say, um, uh, you just say, you know, have a beautiful day. And then you just turn and keep walking. You don't wait for the little boy to, boy's reaction. Who's going to turn around and say, who's that scary lady? <laughs> you know, you, you don't want to hear it. Yeah. You're just practicing the one way energy projection of kindness. Mm. Then as you kind of find this feels good, that gives you the incentive to be able to start saying it and wait for the response and see what you get. Beautiful. And you'll start to find that most people give you a beautiful response because well, projected energy, it bounces back at you. It's a mirror. Yeah. And it's going to happen. Nine out of ten times you're going to get a positive one. So now you're doing gathering new evidence mm. that it's okay to be brave and bold and beautiful and kind and loving and have that mirrored straight back to you. 
then when it does happen that one in 10 times that you get a bit of a negative thing because they're grumpy, don't assume that they actually are grumpy. They probably were a lot grumpier before you said that. That might have been their kind response. That's right. So don't take it personally and let it go. Get a bit of resilience there. So this is loneliness when it's put into practice when you're out there in the real world trying to push and break some some of your own belief systems or actions and behaviours. For those who are genuinely sort of at home quite crippled by it or really quite blocked or stuck, whether it's fears, phobias, emotional blocks, I'd say that it's time to do some deeper self-work and maybe some practitioner work um, with therapists, modalities, techniques, um, where we're looking at reasons perhaps why, deeper underpinning reasons why maybe you don't believe that you are heard, maybe you don't believe that you are seen, maybe you don't believe that you are felt, um, that, you know, there may be some some deeper whether, you know, of course it's come from mum and dad a million years ago or whether it's sort of a result of a, a bad teenage experience through the, you know, the schoolyard, um, whether it's sort of just the way, yeah, the environment that you were raised in for many years um, socially, um, you know, the ways that we've been imprinted and layered with beliefs that hold us back, which might actually not be true or your story. These things might not really be who you are. And it can be very freeing to realise, oh, now I know why I behave in such and such a way because my, my dad always did that. Or, you know, um, actually or, yeah. that's because I was bullied really, really badly in my early 20s and I've, I've sort of shut down then and I've never quite come back since. You know, it's these sorts of awakenings that I think we need to have at a deeper level because as much as we can go out and, as Nike says, just do it, go out and force the practice <laughs> and practice on the checkout chick or go to the, the social aid group or whatever it is, um, you know, I would always say that there's always some deeper core issues which can be massaged a bit, which which you can really help to release just through understanding the programming as to how some of these behaviours have got there. One of the nicest uh, releases of this can be too, to, to really look at, as Beck was saying, looking at your upbringing and where, for example, I'll use myself, I'll say like my beautiful parents are quite um, gung-ho, they, they're quite bold or they were I mean they're elderly now but they were very bold people and I was actually quite a gentle soul that had to learn to be bold and so it was very freeing for me to realize that this was this was my personality that I developed because it was the best way for me to operate in the family unit as I grew older and I realized actually no there's another side to me that hasn't been explored that hasn't been allowed to really shine, my gentler side, my softer side. And I gave myself permission to sometimes be that person. It was incredibly freeing. So if people really are quite fearful at home, have a look at who would you really be or how would you really be mm. if you if you really could be without any repercussions who you are. Who's the perfect role model for you of who would, who would exemplify this, you know? Yes. And, you know, if loneliness, loneliness has sort of been your friend for a long time, how is it serving you? Yeah, that's a great question. You've got to really look at these these questions, you know. What, well, what's the payoff, as Dr. Philoy says? Well, you, you don't do bad stuff for nothing for a long time. There's a payoff. You get yeah, the payoff. there is a payoff. Well, the payoff for loneliness would be that, um, oh, well, I don't get rejected. Safety and protection. That's it. Yeah. I, don't have, I don't have a social mirror held up to me that I don't want to see. And so that's fine. You know, if it's working for you, that's fine. But I think this podcast is for people that 
it's not working for them. They don't want to be feeling this. Ready for change. Ready for change. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And why is it so important that we start conversations about loneliness, Jane? Why do you think? Well, because there's this shame around it, which really needs to just disappear. The shame that, you know, you shouldn't be lonely. You've got so much going on in your life, blah, blah, blah. Um, that we're not, we're not, can't quite put my finger on it, but it is this sense of, it's a Western thing. Uh, we're very it is Western of it, aren't we? Yeah. Like, what's your problem? Yeah. Get out there, get amongst it. Yeah. And fix it's it. like in the corporate world too. It's that kind of team, you know, go, go. Yeah. Everyone together, all for yeah. one, one for all. Yeah. You know, we're not really allowed. Is there something odd, weird, labeled eccentric or something if you're a bit off on your own, if you're a bit skipped yourself, you, you know, what's wrong with him? What's her problem? Yeah. She's a bit weird or why she's so quiet? Don't bother with her. There's a lot of labelling, I think, going on there. And there's also, of course, now the reverse side too where we've got people that are all sprouting their stuff and sharing their vulnerability, which there's another episode we did. <laughs> um, and for those that don't wish to do that, that are very private people and it's quite their right to not have to share stuff, they are incredibly labelled. Yeah. And they can feel quite violated when they're forced to have to share what they choose to not share. Right. And uh, so mm. it can be a bit of a cruel world. I think we also need to look at society and really understand I've got a theory about reality television, which is, you know, because we literally have no idea who our neighbours are anymore, like I yeah. wouldn't know who's over my back fence. I couldn't even tell you their name. Um, you know, we actually go to reality television to see what normal, ordinary people are doing. Like what what are the people who could technically be your neighbours, what are they doing? Um, how do people live? Because we don't know anymore. We're so shut off and isolated. So we're living in all these little catacombs, these little apartments, these little townhouses, these little flats, these, these separate properties with fences and gates all around them. You know, it wasn't that long ago that everyone knew everyone in a village. You know, the village raised the child. If your child ran off down the street, somebody else would give it lunch and somebody else would send it back to you. And if it didn't get home at night, it'd be sleeping down the road at Auntie Catherine's or somebody else's and you wouldn't worry. Which um, is exactly what my little shack's all about. That's yeah. why I love it. Why it is think? exactly that. Yeah. It's, it's one of those, like Jane always calls it a 1970s community. It's like it how the is. world was 30 years ago when things were still safe and everyone knew each other. And there's, there's still pockets of that, certainly in rural Australia mm. and rural mm. places around the world. You, you do still get that country town mentality, which can be a beautiful thing. I know it can also be a toxic thing because yeah, everyone be. knows everyone. Yeah. business which is why I like it as the holiday home yeah swat on in yeah and then leave, leave for a while and yeah. then leave but it can be a very supportive <laughs> beautiful framework that which we lack now where we've got you know I always think of the mums we've got all these mums with brand new babies often with other young children in the house too they're so isolated the neighbour isn't coming around to check in at four o'clock oh love sit down put your fan up I'll just do a bit of that ironing for you I'll make your cup of tea would you like some chicken soup I just made some she brings it around you know that's how the world operated for so many years yeah. people sat on their porches at night because they didn't watch tv there was no tv so you'd sit out and you'd see who'd walk past and you'd have a chat over the fence to whoever walked past and and the world was at this beautiful pace and and obviously now we've got this incredible isolation happening where people are in their rooms playing computer games for hours and hours and hours or you know they're kind of I don't know smoking or taking drugs that's sort of alone you know of depression you know they're on their medications they're they're not it's getting a lot of out people drinking alcohol alone alone mm -hmm. and numbing you know, out all of that kind of stuff. We've got the old widowers, the old 95-year-old man who'd been with his wife since he was 16. She's died. He's alone in the house. The grandkids never come. They all live in Melbourne, like whatever it is. Mm. We've, we've got this sort of pandemic loneliness going on in, in many ways that our society is failing, I think, you know, the elderly or even, you know, whoever, whoever they are, that these lonely people, and of course, as we know, they come from all walks of life. Unfortunately, we don't live in a world that's hugely supportive for that anymore, the way that perhaps it used to be. So that's why I guess that's, that's what's been our aim today is to help to offer some tools. If you are on your own and you're feeling lonely in your own little life, um, there's a lot of people out there living very quiet little, very quiet little lives. Um, well, well, one of the things that I think is fabulous is the internet for this. 
Now, of course, we know it's full of predators and <laughs> the good with the bad, the bad with the good. However, there is a lot of beautiful people, and, and this has been for people that are not socially as competent, um, that really do struggle for whether it's um, oh, various different reasons. The internet is where they actually can make friends. Yeah, and, and we've seen this time and time and again. It is beautiful, and uh, and so you know there are chat rooms that you can jo- get to know join an very very well. Online book club, you know, join an online yacht club or yeah, like whatever you talk your about. interest is. Yeah. You know, yes, absolutely, and and I, I'm a big big fan of that, and I love this. I think this is fantastic. Um, just just keep yourself safe though. You know, keep your private details private so that until you know somebody very, very well or until you've had the opportunity to see them face-to-face. And if you do meet them face-to-face, make sure it's in a public place and make sure you actually have told somebody that you're doing this and get them to check in with you. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds silly, but unfortunately I've had uh, several clients that have really had very bad experiences. So yeah. do keep yourself safe. Yeah. But having said that, I don't want that to be a fear thing. I want you to jump in. The internet is a great way to just meet people just chatting, just to combat that loneliness that – you're sitting at home and you haven't actually spoken to anyone for four days, well, then jump on the internet and start hopping to a chat room and chat with someone. And I want to bring a little bit of gentle, tough love through toward the end of this episode. You know, if you're feeling sorry for yourself because it has been going on for a long time and like Jane said earlier about that victim story, you know, maybe you're sitting in a beautiful sunny park and you're looking at all the families or you're looking at the lovers walking arm in arm and you're actually beating yourself up. What's wrong with me? Why don't I live like that? Where's my perfect one? How come I don't have children yet? You know, all of those sorts of feelings, you know, I haven't talked to my mum for three years or whatever's going on there. Maybe it's time to take your balls in your hand and actually really, really do something about it. And that is going to require being pushed out of your comfort zone. It is. It's going to require you having to do some self-work. It is. It's going to require you digging up the parts of yourself that you don't like very much because if you don't like them, how can you expect somebody else to? And we need to do some serious self-love work there. You've got the tool. You know what to do. If you're listening to the Love Life Show, you've got loads of tools. Um, but it's about being proactive, about really changing this reality for yourself. Nice. Thanks, Jane. Oh, that's a great way to end the show. Well, until next week, we are The Love Life Show. You can find us on Facebook. Jane has to say the address because I can never remember. <laughs> Facebook.com forward slash Love Life Show. We love getting your messages, so send them through. Mm, send through topic ideas because we're also interested to know what you'd like us to talk about to cover off in the shows. And, of course, you'll find us on thewellnesscouch.com. Every Wednesday, our podcast goes live for free or on iTunes. There's a noisy car and a noisy motorbike. <laughs> to finish up the show, thank you for joining us. We'll see you next Wednesday. Life is perfect, I'm not trying, it's just happening.